Hi there, welcome to Typical Books. I'm Lydia Peaver, and this is the podcast mirror of my YouTube show, Typical Books, where we talk about horror fiction. So, on with the show. Hi there, today on Typical Books, it's a bit of a reading vlog, my House of Leaves progress thus far. Now you can see that I'm maybe just over halfway, about 60% of the way through the book on paper. I'm on page 348 which I'd say I'm probably more like 80% through the book. There are appendices and many of them and a table of contents, which I'm going to include all of that in the narrative of the book. So they are part of the story. Although a lot more of the story takes place in the first, like, you know, maybe 25% of the book is really where 50% of the story takes place. Because as you know, or if you don't know, there's some uh, creative typography going on in this book. And a lot of the book isn't uh, taken up by text. There's entire pages that are blank and there's uh, many pages that have very, very sparse text. So uh, this is about my halfway mark, sort of, because I don't really know where the story is going. Um, I think that the vlog format, because it's not very typical of me, it's atypical on typical books to do a reading vlog. It goes with the style of this. It is a found footage story. So here is some footage that is clipped up. Um, just my take as I'm reading a literal reading vlog, which is pretty surreal when it comes to typical books, like I said, atypical. So yeah, enjoy these little clips and let me know if you are also reading House of Leaves. I know at least one of my uh, viewers are. Um, and thank you very much, Sloan Chessman, for your input on this because I'm very curious by the time we reach the end, how we will feel about what this book is doing. Yeah. On with the show. Okay. So I've encountered some of these pages where uh, a lot of the text is all askew and I can't say I don't enjoy it, but I'm too lazy to turn the book around. Luckily I'm able to read the upside down portions just fine without moving the book so far. So I am still reading House of Leaves and I'll just never get over like this feeling that I'm reading it wrong. And I don't know if that's like a, a problem that many people experience when reading this or if like, I don't know, I've heard uh, some very intelligent people have input on this book. Very intelligent people I trust will, won't read this book or started it and decided it wasn't for them and that's where I was before and um, one of my viewers Sloan Chessman had mentioned and being a very learned individual and a very um, experimental and and adventurous individual with reading had a hard time with this too. I have this like overwhelming feeling that everything in this book is no more important than the text on the wallpaper of a subway restaurant false or maybe real New York Times from like the 40s or whatever but it also has the, it's the footnotes that a lot of them I'm skipping like the big silly ones that you'll know if you've read this but there's ones here where it like refers to the story of Jacob and Esau which is kind of compelling to me and reading that and then having it refer to a bible passage but then saying it's 
you ought to refer to this particular Bible passage because Johnny Trent referred to the wrong one. Like, do I have to go whip out a Bible now? Like, seriously, do you read this with the Bible? I'm very curious. But now I'm into the script area, which I feel very much at home, and I'm looking forward to it. For the first time, I'm actually genuinely looking forward to a section. So yeah, um, having read a lot of the book, I'm about halfway through now, which is, it's, it's a trick, of course, and I like it in a way because we're getting to the point where Johnny Truant is saying how time has accelerated and I've done nothing to mark its passage. And he has already commented on how quickly his time has flown and he's missed his own birthday and now it's the 4th of July and da-da-da. And uh, somehow this is halfway through August for him, which is neat because this is also a point in the book where the reader would have maybe sat down for another hour and found themselves having read 150 pages like that. So yeah, it's, it's cool. It's doing cool tricks. I get that. Um, I still feel like it's spoon feeding the weirdness in that way. I'm enjoying the Navidson story as it is. The Johnny Truant stuff, not so much. And I'm finding I'm not alone in that sentiment. The thing I hate the most about reading this book is that it's so goddamn... So, I am still reading House of Leaves. And I'll just never get over like this feeling that I'm reading it wrong. Hi there. Just a quick little aside, a shaky cam aside. Uh, I don't even know where to look. The air conditioner is on, but I want to make a note about one of these long footnotes about architecture perhaps being the longest run-on sentence known to man. It's note to self, I'll need to check on that. I know that there's some very long ones, entire novels probably, but that seems like it could be a runaround. Hi there, just a shaky cam little aside, a little reading vlog if you will. I am on page... 151 of House of Leaves and I'm it's going quicker that's one thing because all the writing has become scattered and the pages aren't taken up entirely by writing I really hate reading Courier it makes me feel like I'm doing work because writing and having set so many things in Courier previously I feel like I ought to edit it uh, that's one thing. It is pretty tightly edited. I'm only at the um, Haley uh, footnote where Haley contacts them through the internet to clarify something about her breath. I hope that's not a spoiler for anyone. But hey, uh, yeah, I'm not reading every single word. There are several large footnotes on the sides that are just lists of, of garbage. And the footnotes within the boxes... Um, does, do people read those? That's my biggest question. Am I supposed to read every word of this? Well, you don't have to walk any closer. What do I have to do? Just stand there. Another thing about reading House of Leaves is one of the footnotes that I skipped over, didn't really read, I listed a lot of films that the techniques of the Navidson film and what exists in contemporary horror films specifically horror film and documentaries uh isn't unattainable and 
uh, like throughout a lot of this, I've been thinking of a lot of the found footage horror films. Stuff that's come out since this, but stuff that is around the same time, and none of it's mentioned. And I find it's uh, a mission um, conspicuous by its absence, right? So it's really interesting to me, but it reminded me a lot of, oh my god, what is that film named? Grave Encounters. Oh my gosh. There's a lot of, you know, this could be a series, there's a script for a series that exists of this particular book. I'd like to see it as just a standalone film, and it really could be done considering Grave Encounters. Grave Encounters 2 specifically, and the two really bookend each other nicely, so I consider Grave Encounters 1 and 2 one big long film, like I consider Halloween 1 and 2 a big long film, Hell House LLC, the first and second one big long film, but uh, yeah, I highly recommend Grave Encounters. If you haven't watched that already, if you're a fan of House of Leaves, um, or if you're not a fan of House of Leaves and you just want to leave it alone, but you want to watch something that sort of gets a lot of the same things, um, Grave Encounters really is. Uh, in fact, I think I want to watch that tonight. Another aside about reading House of Leaves is that um, it is so very pop culture. Even though it's written years ago now, it's still very relevant, and I find a lot of the references very interesting. And there's one about Error, the bald gnome in his cave. And uh, there is a reference for that, and I've noticed a lot of people seem to try and read so very much into House of Leaves, as if it's a work of genius. But uh, with the power of the internet, you can really look up the references for a lot of things if they exist. And that one does. That was refreshing. But otherwise, it's a lot of interesting stuff if you have a fairly broad Cliff Clavin, you know, kind of take on a broad range of interests. And lately, it's been a bit about uh, journalism ethics and photography, journal, photojournalistic ethics and stuff like that. And um, whether they could have created the film they're talking about in this and how much it would cost. So that's all very interesting to me. So yeah, at least I'm interested. There's that. I may be delving into spoiler territory here with um, critics believe the house's mutations reflect the psychology of anyone who enters it. And a small note, like the rooms become the self, collapsing, expanding, tilting, closing, but always in perfect relation to the mental state of the individual. Um, I love this idea. And it's not, I think it was just unspoken up until this point in the book. And it's sort of the idea that's been lingering in the back of the mind of the reader all this time. And I really like the relation in that sentence, how it um, works with my idea of having had dreams like this or dreams that there's a hidden room in a house that I'm in. I don't know if that's a common thing. I'll have to look at some dream books or some Freud, who knows? Um, or a book that I have about the dream in the underworld that had fueled a lot of my first novel. Um, just dreaming of falling staircases, dreaming of impossible staircases, dreaming of impossible rooms, hidden rooms, entire houses, several story houses, mansions that were hidden behind a panel in a small apartment that I used to live in. Those sorts of dreams. I don't know if everyone's plagued by those dreams, but it sounds like Danielski was, or is, or was after writing this. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. 
finally. It took this long, but I think I'm also enjoying that most of the pages are blank. <laughs> so it seems to be going a lot quicker. So that was some bits and pieces my take on this book so far. Uh, mind you, I don't have an overall overarching theory on the, the story, what the story is. It's being a very, I made it very clear. I like the Navidson story first, the Navidson record. I like that story a lot and I feel everything else is in the way. So I'm waiting for that point when it all shrinks down to a pinpoint and I see both of those things stereoscopically and the story itself will converge between what the Oh, what's his name? Johnny Truant has to say, and more about Johnny Truant's story, where it actually coalesces with the Navidson record, and the two should become indistinguishable if I have my way. So, like I said, if you are reading House of Leaves, let me know in the comments or whatever else you're reading. If you've read other creative works, the only one that ever comes to mind for me is Marabou Stork Nightmares by Irvin Welsh. So, if you've read that or other typographically messy books let me know and while we all have uh, an ooky spooky day or try as hard as we can to do so i have been watching a lot of the news and i really hope that everyone out there is safe and know that my heart goes out to all of you have an ooky spooky safe day If you are looking for something new to read, some insight or reviews of horror you have read, or even talk from a writer's perspective, I hope you enjoy this little show. Feel free to check out the YouTube version by searching Typical Books, or visit me at LydiaPeaver.ca. Thank you, and have a dark, devious day.